Are we live? Yeah, we're live. We're live. We're live. Yeah. <clears throat> Love it. Cool. Um, well, excited. I think uh, let's let's dive into it. I think it makes sense to to give a bit of context of you two and I guess you know what what you've been doing over the last three to four years. I go first. Will I go first? Yeah, yeah, can do. Okay. Um, I'll fill in the gaps. Do I have to introduce myself or anything, or no, no, just, should I just dive in? Just dive in. Just dive in. Do, do you do you? <laughs> all right well don't embarrass me oh, sorry okay, I won't. I'll try. so well I'm originally from Dublin and I went to university in Dublin um and in secondary school I wanted to do a course that I would have a year abroad for so I knew pretty early on I wanted to go to Spain um so I did Spanish for my leaving cert which is like our A levels and then I went on to study law in Spanish in DCU that's Dublin City University and then um, that was either, I had a choice in my third year to go to Alicante or La Coruña. And La Coruña is the top corner of Spain, basically like Ireland. It rains a lot and they speak a weird language that isn't Spanish. On the left, no? Yeah, top left. Both, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't interested. Um, so I applied for Alicante and I got it. I went there for a year and that's where I met Alex. And then I went back for final year to Dublin. And I knew that once once I finished uni, I'd go back to Spain. And here I am. Exciting. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's the long and the short of it. I was the same in terms of, uh, I wanted to, never had my heart set on a career really from leaving school. Did Spanish in school, so I was like, suck it. Spanish be a good be a good thing to carry on. I was never even sick at Spanish in school either. Anyway. Me neither, yeah. It just, like you said, it just, it was one of the ones that was easy. Like you could obviously choose like international business or something like that, but it was just an easy, an easy inroad into getting a, into getting a, um, a year abroad out of, out of an, mm. an Erasmus scheme out of a, a holiday, like a, a, a year's, <laughs> years holiday yeah, out of a four year course. And like you started the, I went to the University of Liverpool um, uh, after I finished school and uh, did uh, Hispanic studies, which was, um which included spanish portuguese and then eventually catalan and a couple of uh, cultural cu- couple of cultural modules thrown in there um and i loved it it was great and um, like Tara said i went to my erasmus in my third year but i split it i split it because i went obviously i studied two principal languages at university i, I studied portuguese and spanish so i split my year in two i went half the year between September and December of 20... Oh, now you're testing me. What year was that? 2017? <laughs> I didn't know yet. <laughs> 2017, I think. Well. Yeah, it was 2017. Yeah. 2017. And then 2018. Four, year, four years ago, was it? Yeah, yeah, four years ago. 2017, mm. the September to December in Lisbon. And then 2018, January to June in Alcalá de Henares, which is uh, just a little, a little town... Uh, about 45 minutes away from Madrid. It's like a little commuter town close to Madrid. And yeah, just studied random modules there. So that's how I got into the life of hashtag not living at home, <laughs> you know, in inverted commas, being away from, being away from, uh, from home. And yeah, I haven't looked back after, after that. I went back from, went back for my final year to study, uh, obviously study for my finals uh, and get my degree, stuff like that. Um, Get shit done. Get the necessary stuff out of the way. Get my degree. Get my get my certificate. Get the piece of paper. Get the piece of paper. I, was like, I didn't even get the piece of paper because I was away. Yeah, I, I haven't was, got I mine away, either. <laughs> I was away getting a piece of paper 
for being away for a year. <laughs> for my piece of paper from being away from from being away from home for four years, I got a piece of paper whilst I was away to say, "Here's a piece of paper for well done for being away." Drink so every time you say piece of paper. Exactly. Um, I was away in America actually when my when my graduation was, so I didn't I didn't do a graduation and stuff. I wasn't really bothered. Didn't didn't ask me at all. Um, and then yeah, and then pretty much after that. So when I was in my family, I was like, "Suck this man." Literally sitting in the library in rainy Liverpool, being like, "This is pretty, pretty rubbish compared to what I was doing at this time last year." So I was like, mm. "Me and my one of my mates, one of my best mates, concocted a plan just to be like, right, what can we do to get away back to Spain again?" Uh, one of the inroads to that was an auxilia program run by British Council. Um, so you applied to them. Essentially, it was run by uh, that, which was a UK-based company. I don't even know what it's There's called. There's an Irish it's equivalent. Like an it's, it's, a, yeah. it's an education yeah, it's committee. A, it's in the government. Yeah, it's, it's a government. Yeah, it's part of a government scheme. Yeah. yeah. Uh, essentially, it's just an, an exchange, um, sort of, sort of like a student exchange scheme. You can do it whilst you, for you, you're abroad, you can do that. But me and him obviously applied after our, after our, after our degrees. And we both got the province of Valencia. So that's what we knew first. And then he got um, Central Alicante and I got a place about an hour away so we then decided that it would be easier if I could easily travel to my place from there so we'd both live in Alicante and I'd, and I'd commute every day um, to that school so I became an auxiliary at that primary school for for two years and then Clara finished her degree and I said Sat, I don't want to be in Alicante anymore it's a bit of a bit of a, bit of a cauldron bit of a bit of, bit of a goldfish bowl let's say um, it's very small very small city for what we're both used to in terms of being Liverpool, Newcastle, Hepburn, Dublin. <laughs> yeah, it's like heaven. Like, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a Costa del, Costa, Costa Blanca version of heaven. Um, so you know, no, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a melting pot there, um, and there wasn't enough going on for me to then warrant a third year. Yeah, we'd uh, in, we'd so. saturated the Irish, the amount of Irish English. We'd saturated everyone. We knew everyone by that point because there's not that many to know, and the pubs. You get your local, we saturated that. So the beach is quite small. It's quite essential, like quite a polarized little city. So to go anywhere, you need a car or, I mean, where are you going to go every weekend? Benidorm? I mean, we could, but. Could have, could have gone to Benidorm. Every yeah. Weekend, well, then why are you living in Spain? Do you know what I mean? Go back to heaven. Could have done a six hour podcast if you had it. If you went to Benidorm every weekend. Some people did. Some, uh, a yeah. Scottish girl, she went up and down to Benidorm every weekend. And we knew another girl from England who had a caravan in, in yeah, Benidorm, which is fitting. She was from Sunderland, so <laughs> she, she, she <laughs> did, I definitely didn't surprise me when she said him. that. Don't diss it. Nah, definitely didn't surprise me when she said that she's got a, a, a caravan in Benidorm and I'm from some... You're, you're not going to be popular in Benidorm after this anyway. I love Benidorm. Pogney's <laughs> listenership for people who live in caravans in Benidorm. Oh, oh. I've never actually been, but um, it's definitely uh, something to do, tick off. Uh, at some point yeah yeah it, I'm, it's, it's certainly an experience you've never been. like I say I'm not Disney at all I, I love my dad, dad's probably going to have his, uh, his I'll, I'll just, I'll just say I'm waiting, for, I'm waiting for birthday invite to dad's probably going to have a 60th day just because it's a just a laugh like it's nobody takes themselves seriously there obviously it's not creme de la creme of uh, you don't get um, it's not, it's not like a five, yeah it's not a five star <laughs> resort by any by any stretch of the imagination but you're not you're not going there expecting it to be. Oh yeah, it's just a bit of crap. You're going there it? for a laugh. Yeah, it's like a just like one big night out. 
Yeah, I mean, people definitely take it too far. Oh, for sure. Uh, don't don't you smell. Everywhere. You can smell Benidorm from where we're living at the moment. But it's just a bit of fun, and that's it's a release, and isn't sure sure isn't that what people go for for a week or two? Yeah. I guess it's what it's on the tin, right? You go there for that reason, so yeah, yeah, yeah. big big for stag do's, hen do's, 18th yeah. birthday parties, you know. Our, if we were ever flying home, I flew home a lot, like back and forward, just for various reasons. I'd ended up that way, and every because it's Alicante, Alicante is the main airport for Benidorm. Every flight there'd be stags or hen do's. Or just like girls' holidays, you know, the t-shirts, everyone has some shite written on the back of them. Those kind of, those groups constantly. But the flights are cheap, so that's that was the bonus for us, like 20 quid flights home. Airport is probably one of the most connected in Spain, really, too. Yeah, I think Atlanta. Malaga is the is the busiest, and then it's well, Madrid even, is probably busiest, yeah, and then Malaga the, and Alicante. Even by busy, just, and Barcelona. Just, it was always really flights. Like, oh yeah, every day. Even Daily to here, like, Valencia's airport is pretty pretty bad. Yeah, from, this is the third, the third biggest, biggest city, city in Spain. Spain, and the airport. I can't get a flight home to Dublin. I know COVID and all, but even without COVID, people living here say they go to Alicante <clears> to fly home because for some reason the airport here just isn't the one. Yeah, that sort of leads into my, to my next or my next little topic was obviously as someone who's shite at languages probably can never have done a language degree. But oh, okay. <laughs> um, I guess it's, it's 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 pretty standard for you to have that Erasmus year, right? To go out for a year. Oh, yeah, everyone does it. Who does language? Majority, yeah. Did you did you always think like that that you're always going to live abroad after that year, or was that more? Are we doing the degree? I guess for for the sort of experience of that year and then decide what, what was your mindset there I had the idea that I was probably going to go back to Spain yeah I had I always knew I was going to live abroad in some capacity whether it be Central Europe or but Spain was like tunnel vision mostly with Spain so yeah I kind of knew that already so ah. the next question was going to be like what was the moment that you sort of fell in love with being out in Spain but it sounds like you, you <laughs> pretty, pretty early on <laughs> That's a very love-hate relationship, Don. Yeah, it don't, is a love-hate relationship. Don't tell me I'm in love with Spain. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very. Uh, you can catch me one minute of a day, and I'll be, I'll be uh, effing and blinding about ruin I'll, the place, literally uh, burn it, burn it down. And yeah. then the next minute, it's a, it's a completely different ball game. But I mean, I'm probably a bit different. I don't, I barely even know what I'm having for my team most nights. So <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't expect to, and I didn't have a plan. I did. I wasn't a man with a plan going into uni. Like I say, my main plan from uni was like, uh, what degree can I do? It's just saying, this one's got this one's got a holiday in its third year. Yeah. I'll go on that one. That. <laughs> hey, I can do that. I did Spanish very little. Yeah. Um so yeah, no, I didn't I didn't I didn't know that at all. Uh, going into it, I didn't think, all right, yeah, definitely I'm I'm gonna my plan is I'll do this, 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 my third year, do my last year, then bang, move out to Spain, never come back. No, that wasn't that wasn't my fairy tale at all. Really, I didn't I didn't have one. Um, rolled with the punches. Yeah, exactly. Rolled with the punches and 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 see where it went. And then, so to then to then to answer your next point, um, I don't know if there was a moment where I f- fell in love with or so a then- eureka <laughs> moment where I went, ah, listen, I'm, I want to be here forever now. You know, um, yeah. I just like I say. I, I love my third year so much. I love my my Erasmus year that I was just like, listen, I need to find another little another little loophole to get myself out here mm-hmm. on the cheap, on the slide, to not have to do much work. And then <laughs> it just seemed the Auxilia program, bam, perfect. Uh, that's that sound. And then that one, my mate, I was just going to mention that before as well. I pretty much 
for the three years, I obviously have been, I've been in Spain four years living, really. But if you discount the Erasmus year, just for one second anyway, um, the three consecutive years that I've been living here have all been absolutely mentally and crazily different experiences. Like my first year was essentially me and my mate living together, which was obviously a mental year. Second year, I was very much more used to it. And I was like, right. I was also by myself. My mate went home. Clara had went home uh, to do her, to, to finish her degree at, the, at DCU. And so I was by myself then. Not so much by myself. I, had, I still had Spanish friends. I had an Argentinian friend. Um, but I was very much more of the mindset that I was, this was more of a living. The first year was party central. Like it was literally go out boozing, Champions League nights, drinking Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, like <laughs> not, not even drinking, but like I definitely put everything else on the back, on the back burner was like, right, I'm here, I'm going to have a good time. I'm here for a year. I mean, Alicante, I don't have to do much work. I work in a primary school, but what they expect of me is very little. Um, I'm going to enjoy myself. <laughs> That's what I'm going to give them. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give them less than that because people <laughs> don't know how to live. Um, because that's what they expect. Uh, but no, so then the second year came around and I was like, I had a bit more of a, a bit more of a level head on me. And I was like, you know what? Um, I'm going back to the same school. They treated me so well last year. Um, I'm going to have to, I'll give them, I'll give them a bit more. Um, and obviously the fact that I didn't have all of my mates that I'd been mental with the year before didn't have that around me. So I was a bit more like, right, I'll keep a level head. I got massively into the gym again because that first year didn't really go to the gym that much. Did a, did a, did a, did a running for a bit, but then I was like, sack that off because it was too, I don't know. I, I just couldn't keep it up with the lifestyle that I was living. So I was like, nah. Legend. And then in, in, that <laughs> in that second year, in that second year, I got massively back into the gym. I was there every day, every night. Um, and uh, just working and living and uh, yeah, enjoying the weekend as well, but um, mainly living. And obviously this year is massively different because we, I left that primary school and, you know, we sort of went into into full-time teaching, really. And not full-time teaching, but, you know, like more of, we're more teachers than than I was the past two years, which was essentially just a, a language assistant, really, in, in, in a primary school. But this year, we're, we're proper, proper big teachers, aren't we? Big boys. Big boys. Yeah. Huh? We made it. Made, made it, yeah, yeah. That's what you want to say, yeah. Earning the big books. Earning, the, earning less than I was uh, before, but, you know... <laughs> <laughs> to do less than hours to do work about double as hard but we live in twice as hard <laughs> uh, but that's, that's the word we're living oh. in yeah i was gonna say you've touched on like a fair few different um variants there but i was gonna say what i guess when you first moved over or first lived abroad probably not your student year but when you first actually moved like moved moved there and culturally what what were the key things that you i guess the biggest shocks that you had compared to <clears throat> no kettle in in, in portugal that Okay. I know you said, I know you said, uh, cultural, that's cultural. Oh yeah. I suppose it's cultural. Yeah. Portuguese people don't use kettles. That's a, that's a big culture. So what do they do? No. Boil, boil, water you boil, you boil water in a pan. If you want a coffee or a, or a cup of tea, you got to pack one if you're going on holidays. Yeah. Lad. So yeah. Any, if, if any of the listenership, any of the guys fancy going to Portugal and all the, don't forget your kettle. Don't forget your kettle. Pack that in the suitcase uh, for sure. Nah. Uh, you go. You you speak. You say something. You say something, <laughs> you say something serious, and I think of something serious as well. Um, culturally, well, <clears throat> the biggest thing. This can this applies to my student year as well as now, but 
I suppose it's if you leave Ireland or the UK and you go anywhere in Europe, uh, people seem to be a lot more open um, yeah. Yeah. about everything. Well, is in conversation or they're just like more open? They're liberated, like yeah, liberated. It's like at home, all we talk about is work, um, like pretty day to day stuff. Whereas when you come to Spain, you have a conversation in a bar, nobody talks about work. People are kissing each other left, right, and center. There's a lot. It's a lot more colorful, colorful and vibrant. It's a big cultural no-no. I got I got told that from my work friends. Um, went out for went out for um, drinks after after one work one work evening. It was a Friday, and uh, started talking. Obviously, I must have brought up work, and he he answered the question and he was just like, "Listen, lad, we don't like um They're very much of the mantra that you live that you." Uh, Live to live. You work to live. Yeah, you work to live, and you don't, you don't, you don't pass them boundaries. You don't. It's it's Friday, it's five o'clock. We've mm-hmm. better for one of a better word. We've clocked off. You know, we've we're, we're finished. I don't want to think about work again until nine <laughs> o'clock on Monday morning. You know, that, that weekend is mine mm. for whatever. Like not like not don't have to go to a party. You know, whatever. They they're very family oriented. They're like relaxing. You know, um, mm. so you literally are not allowed to talk about work. You, you can't mention yeah. it. Yeah, you kind of, you go from um, going like 90 miles per hour when you're living in, say, Dublin, Newcastle, London. You go to Spain <clears> and <throat> then you have to slow down the gears. You have to wait in long queues. You have to wait weeks for administration, documents, postal. Doesn't exist either. Yeah, you have to, um, you have to adhere to siesta so if you need to get shit done you need to get it done in the morning or the evening but from like two till five forget about it nothing's open yeah I crazy. genuinely i mean i'd love it i'd love being able to nap but i do find that mental yeah it's annoying to be honest with you it, it sounds well i'm real relaxed and i always have been but i find now that i'm kind of easing into my 20s a little bit more um i kind of want to get shit done yeah. And so I get a bit frustrated when I'm here and I'm trying to get something done and Spanish people are not helping me. How 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 like to what to, to what extent is is this yester? Like, for example, if you needed something emergency, I'd like, say you just needed to get to the shop and I don't know, the big, get the big, the big chain shops stay open. Like, uh, the big like, ones, not the one across the road from us, and the, that's a pretty big one. Yeah, the little the little the little more express type shops like a Tesco Express, for example, they'd be closed. Um, and the big thing as well is obviously pretty much pretty much everyone in Spain unless you're seriously rich or on holiday in hotels I guess you live in apartment blocks like everyone lives in mm-hmm. apartment blocks and all apartment blocks have like a president so anything that is is any, any trouble or anything noise complaints whatever all goes through this president of the build uh, president of the building and um, in that way, most apartment blocks have a rule that you're not allowed to make noise between two and five. You can't make any noise. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was, was going to go back to your point on that nine to five thing, like not talking about work. I mean, obviously here, well, I've obviously been in London for the last five years and you hear about burnout and like the amount of work conversations you have over beers and stuff like that. That's, that is just the norm of the UK, like the norm of working culture. Do you think that... I guess, do you think it's uh, positive or do you think it's quite annoying at the same time? Um, I think there's a healthy middle ground. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I think maybe like the German central 
I think the Germans may be a bit more northern than that. I think they have it pretty, sussed pretty well. They're very efficient. They're very efficient, yeah. they stereotypical, but yeah. But I think Ireland, the UK, I think we're too far one side and the likes of Spain. I don't know about Portugal. Maybe Italy, I think, are a little bit too far the other side. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was glad about Portugal as well, because obviously I came up, came up to visit you that time, didn't I? Um, and my first 10 minutes, I was swarmed by random men really? selling everything anything near the, like, is it the metro or the tube? Yeah, yeah, metro, metro. Oh, metro. A lot of things are different, like what's it, to carry a certain amount, it's legal, right? From a drug perspective. Five, five ah, yeah. You can carry yeah. grams, yeah, up to five grams. Was that getting used to, like just that general gist of things? Like, obviously, luckily, I had an idea before I went there, so I didn't get too, like, you know, too shocked by it. Well, I, I thought that. you meant hats and stuff. I didn't realize you were alluding well, to drugs there's there. Hats and stuff as well. Like, <laughs> every, like, like you said, all sorts every, of gear. Every, every, <laughs> every, <laughs> literally, I'm going to reply in about five seconds, but by the time I'm <laughs> Yeah, lad, you, you don't even, if you come into Portugal on holiday, you don't need. You don't need to bring a suitcase. Like You'll have everything you need after stepping off that plane, getting on the metro, getting on the metro, <laughs> and uh, everyone, everyone will send you stuff. Yeah, man. Listen, it's it's strange because you come from like like for for all of us, we we grow up in like we were spoken about before. I don't think the the England and well in Britain and, and Ireland are very liberated places from living in Spain and Portugal for, mm. for three years they're not very liberated you can't talk about much yeah. I think there's lots of taboos lots of things you can't speak about don't talk about mental health sex drugs what you what you really enjoy on the and weekends then, and then you sit next to some random lad on the on the, on the <laughs> metro on the metro <laughs> and he's asking you if you fancy four grams of cannabis and you're just like yes <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. Nah, jokes. nah. Um, but yeah, like it, like out loud, and you're just a bit like, what? Because I didn't know that rule here. And then I met some Portuguese people, like who I became obviously friends with. And I'm like, it's so mental. Like people <laughs> just come up and, and say, oh, do you want, do you want, do you want five grams of coke? Or do you want some coke or whatever? Yeah, and, but that's, it was just generally crazy. Like it was generally, yeah. Generally but legal. That's what I mean. It took me a while to figure to work that out that it was legal as well, because and then they were just like, yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised to do that. And I'm like, but. How do they have the bollocks to do that? Like when there's police, there's police everywhere as well. They're probably all on cocaine as well. Yeah, and then the, yeah, that's another thing that we'll get talking about the police. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, I was just like, how how can how can they have the bollocks to go around and do that? And I'm like, well, there's nothing going to happen. Then the, the guy was like, but well, there's nothing going to happen to them. And I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense if, if they got laws. I'm like, well, that that is the law. Like you're allowed to carry. You clearly, did a lot of research before you went to Portugal. Why? <laughs> did, well, sure, it's not well known. Original Google's. Isn't that well known? Yeah, that that Portugal that have uh, you have a legal possession of five up to five grams in Portugal, no? I didn't know that before I went. Well, in common knowledge, they're not telling you uni either, in like a culture shock course. No. Yeah, to be fair, they probably wouldn't go telling uni students yeah. that that's legal. Also, yeah, yeah. 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 and do you know it's legal to carry five grams of coke? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like some? <laughs> So um, no, they didn't tell me. So yeah, it took me a while to work that one out. But yeah, that's a. That's I, there's a lot. The pe- people have a lot more confidence, especially um, here and in Portugal as well. They have they have a lot more confidence to approach you on the street. They'll come up to you. Do you want this? Do you want that? Not not even specifically drugs or anything. Just uh, people just selling stuff. They'll walk around the bars and try and sell you stuff. Mm. Um, Loads of sex shops. Just yeah, massively liberate a place, and yeah. people have people don't really care. If it, if like older people or 40s, 50s, 
sat in a bar, someone comes up drunk this, and they'll just they'll just wave them away with the hand, just going, I don't want to speak to you. But they don't really care. Like they they mm. don't care for it. That's what they're used to. So people just get used to it. Um, and that was the same for me, man. Especially with nightclubs and stuff like that in Portugal, loads of people hang around there and 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 try and sell you stuff and and try and sometimes even give stuff away, man, because they're just not asked about it. And and it just takes a it takes getting used to because obviously mm. that's not really the case uh, in 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 places that we grew. I think people who are listening to this or anyone you'd have a conversation with about it anyone who's traveled not even spain portugal anyone who's been around europe yeah anyone who's been anywhere outside of ireland and britain would mm. probably tell you similar enough to the same thing like so, yeah and it's another thing that we were going to speak about as well that we wanted to yeah, like another thing that i would just want to say before that <laughs> is that this is very personal like this is all personal stuff. lived experience this isn't a this isn't a 101 <laughs> how to travel 101 or like take notes take notes yeah this is this yeah. is the right way the wrong way this is everything that's going to happen this is definitely not going to happen you know this is, these are all very personal experiences so we're just sort of uh delving into what our past three four years have given like, our two cents given a two cents about it yeah um but another thing that i would go on to about that is you just look different like even if even if you don't like i'm fair-haired and fair-skinned same with you mm. Even if you don't look like that, even if you're dark hair and dark skinned, or even if like you, whatever looking Portuguese looks like or looking Spanish looks like, even if you look like that, you carry, you carry the way you carry yourselves, the way that they carry themselves and the, obviously the language, but like, even without the language, they seem to just be able to sniff you yeah. out. They can sniff yeah. out foreigners from miles You'll away. walk into a shop and they'll click into broken English and you won't have said that. And I'm fairly yeah. tall as well. So people always presume I'm like, Dutch, Norway, they make presumptions, which is fine. We do. Yeah, it's fine. We Honestly, walk too fine. fast as well. That's definitely. Yeah, like you, <laughs> if you, you walk to, more than you have to, like, more than a stroll, then you definitely stand out. You have to keep your you have to keep your your eyes up when you walk them because you have to zigzag <laughs> in and out of people. People think Spanish people seem to love to take up the whole pavement <laughs> when they're walking so slow as well. Because Hopefully we'll attest to this in London. Going as back well. to yeah, going back <laughs> to that point before, they just live really slow. They're not asked. They're not in a rush anywhere. So, like, if they're late to work, they're late to work. What's the boss going to do? Nothing. Because I'm not allowed to speak about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> shut up about work. <laughs> will you shut up about work? Yeah, the boss, it's, it's four hours late. Yeah. Who asked? Yeah. I'm a siesta, pre-siesta. I was probably pre-siesta. Yeah, I, was... <laughs> I mean, that, that sort of feeds the next thing. Like, how, what, I know you've obviously both got a pretty decent um, social group now, but what was it like getting to, getting to know people and, like, you know, socialising with, locals and making friends and, and all that sort of stuff well any horror stories any good stories outside of because obviously when you go as a student you're in a student group and you make friends with other students but being here now um every, the expat community is massive and expats just seem to like magnetize towards each other like gravitate gravitate that's the one um so everyone wants to make friends whereas at home people have their friend groups from when they're kids or family friend groups everyone's quite cliquish and once you leave that, then everyone here or anyone abroad, any expat community, everyone's just quite open to having new friends. You meet someone, you have a five minute conversation in a supermarket and then you'll be like, oh, we just go for a beer. And then that's the beauty of it. Everyone's really open to making friends. So it's quite easy, actually, once you put yourself out there, of course. So again, that's like that, that blows my mind as well. Like, it just feels like, I don't know, the, the more you talk about it, the more, the more it makes me feel like the UK is quite far, far behind in the, 
in a lot of different aspects. Central Central Europe smashes the smashes the that, that, that side of it. I do think people do go to Spanish people and, and, and Portuguese, specifically Portuguese, because they're very, very um, non-traditional. They're very inclusive, very out there, let's say. Um, they definitely go to Britain and to Ireland and say, wow, this culture is rigid as fuck. Rigid, yeah, that's it's a good word. very rigid. Stiff, it's maybe. A stiff, it's a stiff culture. <laughs> We're stiff at home. And we all talk about, man, we talk about culture as if we have a fucking clue what culture is. <laughs> As if, as in, like, as it, like, we talk about, oh yeah, yeah. Like, um, I was, I, I remember one of my, one of my, one of my first, well, not first classes, but in my first few months of working in that primary school, uh, the teacher that I was working with, uh, she was an English teacher, and she said, "Listen, Alex, can you do a PowerPoint about like some English culture?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, we got loads of English culture." Sat down to write about <laughs> English culture. I was like, "What the." What, 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 what is our sport? Three hours later. Yeah, literally. <laughs> sport. Yeah, they like sport. Um, yeah. Fish and chips, maybe. <laughs> the Queen, is that culture? I don't know. And I was just sat down going like, like we could, like from studying Spanish, I could chuck you 20 million, 20 million different items about Spanish culture that makes the Spanish very Spanish. Yeah. And then you look at us and you're like, what, did, what, would, what do they say about us? They say we're stiff rigid <laughs> boring live to work work 25 hours of the 25 hours of the day you know that's that's their that's their opinion the beatles the, yeah, <laughs> the beatles they just randomly yeah do you like british culture yeah i love the beatles i love fish and chips that's literally what we've got they have less of a clue about ireland you mentioned ireland and they potatoes what part of england is that in <laughs> <laughs> yeah dublin's just outside london <laughs> <laughs> On the outskirts yeah. of London. I, I may, yeah, I have to. I've given a few <clears throat> political, I've put my balaclava on and a few English classes with the Spanish kids since I started. I'm glad we just completely ignored this question as well. Oh, <laughs> well, well, what was your question? I don't even remember what was my question. Uh, it, was about, it was about social groups. Ah, making friends. No, lad, I was, I was, I say, is it lucky? I don't know. It's it's sort of not here or there, but all of my experiences were sort of the same. Like when I went to Portugal, I went I went and lived with one of my best mates. When I went to Alcala, it was a bit different. There was people from my uni there, but not people that I would consider as like great friends. But I, it's like Clara said, you just find because you look different and you are different, you just give off an aura about yourself. So you go into a library, you go. He's English. Yeah. He's definitely English. You can see the bad dress sense. And you can, see, you can, you can hear the horrible Spanish as well. Hola. <laughs> you can hear, hear the horrible Spanish and there's zero, zero remnants of any sort of colour in the skin. That was me. Yeah, that's me. Really red, red face sweat. Whoever comes in, whoever comes into, whoever comes into the lecture with a red face and sweat, make friends with them because they'll be, they'll, they'll enjoy a beer. <laughs> they probably want to watch the Premier League. That's facts. That is actual facts. Yeah. But yeah, like so, I always went with my friends. Uh, and if you don't go with your friends, you always find someone, man. You always find people um, of like-mindedness. Um, but Spanish, in that sense, are quite friendly and they're quite chatty, and they will. They, they, I, I, my, for the most part, I don't think Spanish people are, are knobheads in that sense. Yeah, they're quite friendly. They're pretty sociable. If you're interested in becoming friends with them, they'll make friends with you. But yeah. they appreciate the effort too. So, for yeah. example, obviously, if me and Clara um, speak in Spanish or whatever, like they they appreciate that you, you speak Spanish with them. The level of English here isn't great. 
it's it's amazing in Portugal. It's it's not good in Spain. Spain mm. Spanish people really don't seem to value it that much. Speaking English. Mm. Why why can I say that? Because they don't need to, or is it? Well, good? they pay for it. They, they, they definitely pay need to, for it. And they need to. No, but the adults like they'll they'll recommend they'll recognize it. Going, listen, my kid literally doubles or trebles his 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 opportunity in job and for universities and all that stuff if he speaks English. So at that point, they probably are um, putting a bit more putting a bit more um, the focusing on that a bit more to to integrate a, a, a system of English teaching in in the in the schooling. Mm. Um, all my students want to go to. Either my uni, my students that I teach are in uni, they all want to go to England or Germany and work in like um, businesses, companies that they need English for. And then others want to go to America for a year abroad and stuff. Yeah. So it seem, it's funny, we're, we're from Ireland, England, and we want to leave there. And they, it's opposite, you know, it's typical. They want to go to it's like, it's like the unknown, isn't it? The, the mm-hmm. not knowing where you're going to go. I guess the, they know this opportunity where we're from in oh yeah, exactly. a non-bigoted way. I mean, yeah. I, I guess I assume a lot, like a lot of people, for a lot of people, the the fear of unknown is probably like the biggest thing why they don't leave. You know, I'm sure mm. we all know people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, just, mm. just you know, it's, it, there's, there's a huge trend of like not wanting to take that leap of faith, whether that's like within England or, or abroad. Mm. And I guess what you're saying is like, if you were to put yourself out there, it's pretty pretty easy to... To navigate that scenario for socially. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about from a homesick perspective? Was there any points where you're like, "Fuck this, I'm off"? No, <laughs> she's lying. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. When I get pissed off about stuff in Spain, then yeah, I'll be like, like today there was no hot water and I had to have a cold shower, and I said, "Fuck it, anyways." I wish I was back in Ireland. Yeah. But, ah, you missed your family though when you were. Yeah, when we. Yeah, not on not on me year abroad. I was too hung up with drinking and too my mates. Hung, too hungover. Too hungover to miss my family. Hungover. Yeah, I was having too much fun in an unhealthy way, but that's aside from the point. Here, because of COVID, yeah, I've missed my family a bit more, but that's because we can't really socialize with people as much. So, yeah, I suppose I've I wouldn't say homesick. I've missed family, but I wouldn't. I've I wouldn't long for home. Yeah, quite happy. I've had zero, zero remnants of homesickness like that. I, I you, like you know, we've lived away. From, I've lived away from home since I was thirteen. Um, obviously, like 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 Laura said, doesn't that doesn't mean I don't miss mates or miss miss people at home? You know, my dad specifically. But um, nah, I've I'd never, I'd never, never thought. Oh, I wish, wish I'd be back in England or I wish that. But yeah, you you certainly. Um, it takes a while, I'd say, to feel at home and mm-hmm. and. And at that point, yeah, you sort of lose the, I don't know, man, like, for me, the the homesickness part of it, like, people go on holiday to get away from this idea of getting away from it all, right, this stoicness, getting away from it all, like, you leave, leave any problems at home, getting away from it all, right, but when, in that, in that sense, it's escapism, but, like, once you forfeit that, like once you decide to move out here full time, which I haven't done by any sense, stretch of the imagination, my claim to be a pretty a trailblazer in that sense. Yeah. I've lived here for a while, yeah, but like that's what I mean. So I sort of I feel like I forfeited the escapism, um, and now it's just that this is my life, you know. So like, why would I feel any different now? Like this is my life, so 
we're here together doing stuff together. Like I don't, I never go, oh, I wish I was back home. Cause I wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't necessarily call that home anymore. Like obviously it, it always will be, but I would never be like, oh, listen, look, I wish I was, uh, this has been, it's been a shit day. Wish I was back home. Sometimes you, like you said, you wish it was easier. And mm -hmm. there's certainly things specifically, obviously with the language. I mean, I, I mean, I'd, I'd say I'm relatively fluent now. Yeah. Uh, but like even confirmed. confirmed. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Yes. I guess. <laughs> um, no, but there is there is an ease about stuff at home, you know, that you don't get here. You definitely still get treated as an outsider, um, whether that mean not having certain privileges or just being sort of shunted to the back of the line in certain official respects, uh, whether that be for doctors or um, admin or government stuff, you know, that you got to do. Um, but yeah, like the escapism is gone. So this is our life now. And I, I don't, I don't look back and go, um, I miss home now or whatever, you know, cause this is sort of now, this is what I'm, this is what, it's what I'm feeling now. And, and so now, I, I, yeah, for me, I, it's never been a thing that I've, that I've been homesick about, about anything. Well, Tyler, just like, so what about, I think you touched on it earlier, but like, but I guess more the official stuff like government, police, legal systems, all that sort of stuff. Mm. I assume that's, like, you hear stories out here about that being a, a nightmare to, to, to be part of, um, or like even get anything from it. What, how have you found that experience? <laughs> <laughs> Should I do this one? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's definitely. Definitely difficult, lad. Um, it's a ball lake. It's a massive ball lake. And the, like we said, we touched on it before in terms of Spanish people having zero concept of any sort of admin whatsoever. It takes about 45 years to get one thing through. Like I applied for my TIE, which is a, it's a um, tarjeta de identificación for a foreigner, essentially. A foreign, like a foreign, foreign identity. ID. Foreign identity card, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, which you didn't need to have before, but since Brexit, uh, hashtag Brexit, um, then you need. I needed to change it because I wasn't then um, given my rights as a European citizen because I'm not a European citizen anymore. Um, so I needed to change my identity card. That was December. I still haven't heard a peep from that. <laughs> I'm living here illegally as far as I know. <laughs> I haven't heard one single peep of that. Um, and yeah, you know, you get your stories about the same difference. Police, you get your story about police not loving drunk Brits and drunk Irish people and coming down hard on them, which I guess they do. Um, you know, I've been involved in a few things with, which is required the police, the police to turn up. And I've never seen anything like untoward in that respect, though. Um, for the most part, what's happened is has happened, and the police just deal with it as, as they see fit. Um, but yeah, like definitely the in terms of the actual official stuff, like the police will deal with it. And then once you've got to, like say, provide a witness statement or do something else, you know, get uh, waiting for correspondence from some sort of official entity, then it becomes fucking one, two, three months down the line before you get one wink of information, you know, and, and that, that can piss you off, man, because like you're, it makes some of these things make you nervous. And I mean, I'm, like for whatever reason i hate phone calls i hate them waiting on phone calls hate waiting on phone calls i hate phone yeah yeah, yeah. I, I just don't, i just don't like them so we have this we have a, like a, a spanish phone that we use obviously because we both have english no well i have an english number clara's a, an, a, a, an irish number 
So we have a, a <laughs> essentially a burner phone for yeah. all of Spanish. Yeah, you're building a story in. It's definitely not. Uh, you're living there illegally. You've got a burner phone. <laughs> yeah, he's crossing over and back the border of Portugal. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. No, pretty. It, it, it's not a burner phone. It's just a just a phone that we use for official stuff. That's it's got a Spanish number. It's registered in Spain. So like pretty much every phone call that you get on that is a, is of an official entity. Like it's from. Um, the government or someone that you've set up your phone with or like the doctors or some people you don't really want to talk yeah, people to. that when you ring when you ring you're just like fuck's sake i'll speak to them again have i here we go tax authorities yeah literally like, insurance all of, companies so, social security all of that <laughs> stuff so when that phone goes we both just have a heart attack decline yeah, <laughs> just just leave the phone like it'll go off eventually. <laughs> if you didn't see it you didn't see it no bother and that's what i mean like if they ring you like this is just the sort of thing they'll do if they ring you you don't answer you go to the back of the line so that means you get that phone call about five months later because you're at the back of the line now and um they have a thing in spain called the merienda which is like a mid-afternoon snack so they start working about well it's mm -hmm. Name, name a time between nine and half 11 and it's, uh, that's when they start work and then the merienda is between half 11 or 11 o'clock half 11 to 12 half 12 and it's essentially like a pre-lunch and then that like, if you want if you want anything done in that time you can forget it in an, in an official in an official if you go to like i went to the town hall to get my empowered on which is like a it's essentially signing up to the census in spain so like I was getting my empadron uh, in Valencia to say that I lived in Valencia, put me on the census here. And uh, I was in the queue with um, my gestor, which is the person who was sorting it all out for me because I didn't have time for that. I'm a big boy teacher now. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, she was like, she was, she kept looking at her watch and I was going, what's the problem? Like, we're just waiting in the queue, like, no, no bother. I'm not in a rush. And she was just like, oh, just if it gets to 11 o'clock and we're still in this queue, we're no, I know we're in it for another hour. And I was like, why? And she was like, breathe. They have the merienda, like you can guarantee every single person in that office is getting up off the chair and going for half an hour coffee. And I was like, this system is a bit flawed. Like you don't do it. You don't do anything. I <laughs> uh, miss me dad. I want to go. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> me flight. Yeah, like yeah. So like to answer that, to go back all the way back to, the, to that question, <laughs> dealing with official official organisations and and admin admin stuff in Spain is an absolute. Crack. It's a horror show. It's, it's a car crash. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons I asked it was I was just before before we before we got on, I was just thinking of like Brits abroad, especially obviously like stag do's or like hen do's, like they've got no respect for any any place of landing. Like yeah. and I imagine if you're a local and that's all you see fucking day in, day out. Yeah. If you see if you see an English person that's even you don't know they live there, but that's what you expect of them, right? Like yeah. it's really it's it, like obviously, you know, I'm sure we've all been part of like pretty elusive nights out and stuff like that but it, it's, it is mental when you think about like the, the level of respect <laughs> that, that just happens naturally is uh yeah. pretty simple really isn't it goes back to what we were saying before about in terms of not being able to shake that shake the identity that you that they sort of put put on you like they see you as a brick they expect you to behave like that you and just, yeah exactly <laughs> we've earned it <laughs> Nine, ever since the 90s we've been like this and I'm not going to change for anyone <laughs> Brits out no uh, Lord, why do you think we voted Brexit you know uh, um, no but yeah it just, it's just part of your identity lad, and, and, and it comes with it and they become quite shocked if you speak to them at that, at that point and they, they get taken aback but if you're like, you're like you speak Spanish like, yeah yeah I speak Spanish 
or like you start drinking like a, a little tasty or a little bottle of beer instead of getting a massive stein pint, you know. And they're like, "Bloody hell, this guy's where, where he, where's he come from?" <laughs> Civilized yeah. Brit? No, that's not. That's not. Yeah, <laughs> it must be a Brexit thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, like the obviously, as we all know, like Brits abroad, and like that is like a trademark title in itself, and Brits abroad. Like everyone, everyone, everyone conjures conjures a, a specific image up in their mind when you say Brits abroad, and it's not a great one um, by any stretch <laughs> of the terrible. Like honestly, when I was thinking about it before, I was just thinking, especially like the places you were talking about. I guess other country like obviously Benidorm's. Well, Benidorm's the the epitome of what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So you there, and and you see, and you just like go there for a weekend, see a load of Brits upside down for. 40 hours come back you should just be like Jesus Christ don't want any of that hey guys not mm. the Japanese mantra yeah. yeah it's not a good guy <laughs> it's icky guys <laughs> it is icky guys could have it up could have it up <laughs> I was going to say I was going to I was keen to get into some of the most ridiculous stories that you had as well though. like on the flip side good or bad hmm. uh, I'm just going to put it out there and, and see what comes back Okay, so our first um, our first meeting with Spanish police or with Spain in general, it was our first night out when we got to Spain. Uh, me uh, and the this, this isn't me, by the way. Yeah, this is me. Me and me and my two best friends at the time. We all moved over together and we lived in the same apartment. Um, and we met one other girl from Cork, right? So the four of us, uh, big dogs, just arrived in Spain. Um, Lashes on, shorts on, trainers on. Let's hit the town, right? So, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, we're not British. (laughs) Don't mention it, right? Anyways, so we went out and we were just exploring what Spanish nightlife had to offer. And we were out at about, we had pranked, so we were quite drunk. We're out at about 10 o'clock, and that's way too early for a Spanish night out. They go to the clubs at like four. Um, so we didn't we were just running around making noise really and we were quite naive quite young Um, and the end of the night came it was about five five in the morning we'd partied our pants off we were having a great time and we lived beside the beach so we were like right I think every everyone has a story right let's get down the beach and go for a swim no bother went down the beach threw the dresses off the shorts off Asher leave everything on the sand left our all of our clothes, all of our handbag gear, all that show. We went in the water, came back out. Oh, shock horror, it's all gone. Um, from living there for a year, we came to realize that there was a group of criminals, like an, an organized crime yeah, group crazy. that patrol the beach at night and rob people, tourists. We saw it happen a million times after that. And we'd even got some on video that we brought to the police. But anyway, that was our first night. So we, we didn't know and we were very naive. So we got robbed by them. Same story for some of the lads that we were friends with. They were they did the same thing a few nights later and they buried their phones under the sand, thinking that that would, <laughs> that would offer them some sort of, sort of security. Everyone knows criminals can't. <laughs> criminals, criminals can't, can't dig, dig. dig in sand. <laughs> they got in the water, came out, the criminals, the same organised crime group, had just dug their phones out of the sand. Well, this so happened a number yeah. of times. They, what, see, they heard that happened to you and then decided to they were like they were like we'll we'll just go we'll we'll do the same thing but then we'll hide in inverted commas hide our stuff hide in the sand. but then like p- 
people they've got eyes on you all the time and they know, oh yeah they know, so that's their job they have walkie talkies one of them wears a um a high vis vest and carries a torch to give the illusion that he actually works on the beach so you go up to him oh my god my stuff has been stolen little do you know he's pocket. just working yeah he's just orchestrated the whole thing and it's sitting in his pocket yeah so that's my that was my first um, my first story baptism of fire. Baptism of fire. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Opening, opening at a baptism of fire as well, didn't you? Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I, to be fair, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say like because of the well, like we, we we touched on this when we had a general chat the other day. Um Spain in general, I'm not so sure about Portugal now. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to comment as much on Portugal, but Spain definitely has a massive class divide. So there's a lot of bourgeois middle class upper middle class specifically but there's also quite a lot of what we would definitely consider in england as borderline poverty like people that don't seem like they got enough and that's where all this crime breeds from man like there's a lot of crime you would say like specifically like petty crime like robbing stealing scams like like specifically like you say because as well we have this image of big dumb drunk people the that aren't going to be able to even realize if our phones are whatever nicked or, or, or stuff. So, yeah, like we obviously, we both fell foul of that to an extent. The Mugs in, uh, in Lisbon walking the streets uh, next to the river um, after a night out in, can't remember the name of the club, um, but we were just walking up. We weren't even that drunk, were we? Um, I, was, I, I was just thinking then, I was looking back on that. I don't think we were actually that drunk. We were. We weren't, yeah. Um, and then we just sat down, didn't we? We just sat down and some fellas come up to us, started speaking absolute perfect English. And uh, next thing you know, he's starting asking for a bit of money. I th- I'm thinking, all right, well, he's just a, he's just a, a like a, a beggar, really, like a, a just a, a better version of a beggar, like a, a more, a cleaner version, I guess. How's oh, <laughs> <laughs> that bad? No, go on. A no. cleaner version of a beggar. Yeah, because no. he didn't look like he didn't look like he was homeless. He's wearing a suit and tie. <laughs> well, yeah, he's just he's just cleaner. Like he just he, he didn't look like he was on the streets. Yeah, yeah, I get you. So he was quite he was quite well dressed. He was he spoke well. He's mm. he was he was like um, he was smart enough. Like he, he didn't seem like he didn't seem like he was homeless. So I was surprised. I was taken aback a bit. I thought he was just another a reveler who decided to walk next take take a walk. I guess who spoke really good English and we were like and he started asking for money like small amounts and uh, sorry I don't have any whatever um, and go to stand up go to we were sat over like a ledge with our with our legs dangling over and I go to like sort of shift my body backwards to, to, to go and stand up and not run away but just move away and uh, you just feel two big knees in the back of us and really two massive massive guys just standing there there's us realising that at that point then we're, we're obviously not not going to be allowed to move anywhere unless we can give our money over. And then they obviously take what they take our phones, they take our wallets. I, did we have any cash? I can't even remember if we had cash. I didn't it. have anything. I think that, that was like the same grade. 30 quid. I think I had like 30 euro. Um, and they took that obviously. And then I was like, Oh, like we had a little bit to drink. We, we weren't, I don't think we were drunk. We didn't, I definitely don't remember it looking back saying, Thinking we were very drunk. It was quite late. In the, it was quite late in the morning, I think. So it was. Yeah, it was. It was like five, five, five-ish. Like that's another thing as well here. Like obviously, Clara touched on it before. Nights are so late here, man. If you're not, if you're not smashed in England by one o'clock, you've done it wrong. Here, if you're, if you've had a drink before one o'clock, you're, you're on the, you're on the weird side. 
um, they go out very late and they party till very late in the morning. Very, uh, very, yeah, very late in the morning. Anyway, yeah. So um, I sort of thought it'd be a great idea. I was like, right, how can I, how can I salvage this situation? How can I get my phone back? And they were like, well, you do. I was like, well, you do know if you take that, uh, if you take that card to the cash machine, it's a British card, and it. Um, it lets the British authorities know who's used that card, especially if you don't know the code. So then you're going to get arrested for that. Also, same difference on my phone. As soon as you try and unlock that, the phone's going to give off a warning to my supply to to the to the phone supplier or the Queen of England. Yeah, the Queen of England. <laughs> the Queen of England's got me on speed dial, and they're going to find out. And they fell for it. Don't know how. Don't know why. I believe it. I don't know why. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know why. They just handed the phones back, handed the wallet back with the cards in, and uh, we got off pretty scot free with. 30 quid down, but a lot better off than I thought we would be when I when I, when them two big guys were standing looming over the back of us. Yeah. Um, you traumatized after that, Ogni? Not really. It was like 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 I'll tell you, it was just probably like I've never I've never seen I've never seen anything like it. Just someone trying to absolute shite to three three massive men and they're like, yeah, right, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would you say there's any any similarities in what we've spoken about to when you were living in New Zealand? What, as in like bad stories? Or... As in no. general day to day. Culture shock. Culture, culture. Is a big, obvious culture. I know they it, obviously it's, have their. It's, it's a massive family culture. So I'd gone in, um, I was there 20, back in, no, 2050. So it was still pretty post earthquake y vibes. Um, so there wasn't that much to do. Like, I think there was one club in town. It was a couple of restaurants and stuff. So in terms of like socialising, obviously the, the main reason I was up there was rugby. So like you like you met people in the club and stuff like that. But like the family culture there is ridiculous. Like people people live family and like really? yeah, like you don't really. Leave. I don't again like a lot of my mates were like Islander boys, so a lot of them weren't like your Kiwis per se. They were more like they came over from the island, like Fijian boys, like Samoan boys. Um, who again have got like a notorious family culture anyway, um, but like I've I've stayed around like a couple of them and they're just so like, they're just so welcoming and mm-hmm. they love like they love taking people in. There's about four people on the street because obviously, as you can imagine, there's not many people in New Zealand. Um, but it was class. Like, it, was, it was definitely one of my like I, I don't know like eye-opening moments of there's a bigger world out there than oh yeah. Not, yeah, it's a cliche, isn't it? It opens your mind. But I, I absolutely loved it. Like, I, I definitely go back. I think it's it's a slower life, obviously. Um, but I only stayed in Christchurch, really. And I obviously much like Auckland or all the bigger towns are, or the bigger cities, I should say, are pretty, are pretty um, hip and happening. But um, yeah, it was class. Like I, just, I love the boys there. Like they were all they were all so welcoming. Like the culture was different. Everyone there was there's just no negativity. I think like, people are just generally more positive. I think. That's the key thing I'd, I'd say about New Zealand. Yeah, I've never been, and no, I don't actually, I don't really know anyone from New Zealand. Nice. Yeah, my sister and her boyfriend has family and stuff who live there. Um, but I actually have no real. I know Australia. Australia has its stereotypes, and lots of Irish and British in Australia. Yeah, so I don't know enough about that. But New Zealand, to be honest, I don't know much about the crack there. Well, there weren't that many Brits. So obviously, there's two. We I live with three Brit um, lads from England. Mm-hmm. And they were really the only people I've met who were English out there. Really? Which is actually, yeah, no, no, there was one more person actually. Yeah, one more person, but we knew him from back back home. He was just there 
on like in the same season, but that was it. Oh, so it's crazy. to stay pretty sterile. Yeah, it was good. I loved it. I'd definitely go back. But I'd love to go back again, but it's just a it's a flight and a half, isn't it? Oh, yeah, stop. That's what puts me off. The like idea of Australia and New Zealand is just such a long way away. It's a small world, but it's such a long flight. Mm. Unless they bring back the Concord. <laughs> We talking about that, yeah, yeah. Let's come back. You'd have to. You just have to. You have to go for a long. You sort of have to make it worth your while. Make it worth your while and do sort of everything there because there's no guarantee that you'd ever go back. Like really, would there? It's kind of hard, tricky to get a visa or something. Well, for it's certainly tricky to get a visa to live there. Yeah, but you should. You can. You can easily get all of the visas. That's somewhere actually where I think even more so than the Brits, the Irish have a very dodgy okay. dodgy rep in australia yeah more so than british people i think how come uh we we've done what the brits have kind of done in benidorm we've gone to australia and now this is a real generalization but hmm. the, the the big cities in australia they see irish people as i think australians from what i've heard are a bit more tame in terms of drinking they're more about the daily lifestyle the adventure yeah um, and irish people go over there get work and then kind of go on a piss up and I don't think the Australians are there for it. So we've got a bit of a bad name. Yeah, I was trying to think, do many Irish people? I didn't, don't think I did. In New Zealand, no. It's pretty weird. I've never, I've never thought of it that way. There are, I think, well, there's Irish everywhere, isn't there? But I'm sure there's, you would have met yeah, a I would have, you know, yeah, I'm sure if I went looking, I definitely would have been able to. But like I said, yeah. like social, the social scene when I was there, it wasn't like normal where you'd go to a pub every, yeah. Of a day and, and meet people there, you almost like met people that you you were placed with, I guess, because yeah. you wouldn't know where to meet people. Wow, that's kind of like what it's like here now as well, because we can't really go out. Yeah, literally, we we don't have much opportunity to don't meet people. There's the odd few, but we don't even get to see them anymore. So no, yeah, we're kind of looking at each other most of the time. Fingers crossed, it's on the up at the minute. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We'll all get to go traveling again. I was going to say what that was my last one of my last questions was like um, in regards to the next place or like the next adventure. I guess is is there any like countries or places in your hit list that you'd love to live in? We've moved a few, yeah. Um, we've certainly had a couple of uh, a couple of toddler um, stomping our feet moments this year with Spain. I'm, we mm. had a, a stroppy stroppy moments where I'm not living here anymore. It's yeah. I'd love to see you two in an absolute Spain sad hour because I think that'd be so cool. <laughs> there's so many Spain sad hours. It's, very it, it's got a lot of redeeming qualities, um, but oh, yeah. it does. There is a lot of Spain sad hours when, when, when just things just don't go right for you. But we've moved a few times. Um, we spoke about Germany, Berlin, Berlin specifically. Berlin, yeah, we, yeah. We, we, but the only problem with that stuff, like, is um, neither of us have the language, and obviously, I, I would. Definitely, wherever I moved to, I would make sure that I learned whatever whatever language was was the principal language there. So, um, so obviously German. If we if we if we did go there, it's just handy that they're all elite at English, though. So yeah, I mean, we, very we, could, we could survive fairly easily. Definitely but yeah, so. of course. We'd also, like to because the because the well, we're just guessing, and because they're so efficient, and we expect that they've got a much better education system that, oh, than, yeah. than Spain does. So obviously, we sort of stole a bit of a job here. We're a bit underqualified, I think, to, to work as teachers in Germany. So, But we both have degrees. I'm sure we could get other jobs. Yeah, you could get some sort of job, yeah. But yeah, Germany. Germany specifically. We, I, yeah. mean, there's, I mean, that's the one thing about both of our, both of our um, 
sort of ideas and headspaces really is is there's, there's never going to be anything ruled out we don't know what we're doing yeah so that's, we that's, can do that, that, <laughs> the world's our oyster i was going to put it in a better way than that sorry did i wrong or... <laughs> yeah no, no i was going to say give that. us something philosophical something philosophical um yeah we just said we don't have a clue what we're doing in my eyes i was going to say like you know we're uh, we live in the moment <laughs> live laugh people. love, yeah, love, love. <laughs> no no but i do like even though we're joking about it and stuff i do feel like living in the moment like tom and, and sam were would we definitely touched on it last week with the ikigai stuff um in the <laughs> japanese culture but like i mean and it does it of course it sounds absolute straight cheese when you say it and that but like living in the moment specifically for like me the last three years or like, and the last, and last, yeah, last three years specifically. Anyway, it just it just allows you to achieve a lot more and and and, and appreciate specifically appreciate, um, because I mean there is like we say there is a lot of things to worry about and you have to be, like, you have to be content with that imperfectness that your the imperfection sorry that your that your life definitely does have in every single facet of it. Everyone has things in life that don't go right or whatever. So being able to live in that, being able to live for the present and, and, and appreciate specifically, there is a lot of times where I'd be sitting in a bar outside or um, sitting somewhere, a cafe, having a coffee, and you just look around and you think, this is actually sick. Like, like yeah. I definitely didn't discover myself in Spain. I think it changed me a lot. I think, like, I grew up, like, grew into myself in Spain. I'd say, I'd, I'd, not talking any of that crap about like discovering yourself and hey you definitely are you definitely (laughs) no it's just it's like it's it's such a thing now that you're like it it, you don't you're always gonna you're never always the same person like you do change so like you change with with circumstances and stuff obviously massive things have happened in my life in the past two three years and stuff that i that i couldn't change you know and it's just about like right that's happened it's absolutely shite like but there's nothing else I can really do about it. So move. move on, yeah, <laughs> move, move on and, and, and appreciate the things that, that have gone really right, even in a day-to-day basis, like appreciate the good stuff that happens in a day-to-day. And that's like, for me, has been the essence of, of living away from home for, for so long is if you do get caught up in that stuff, you'll leave by the second week because you're just like, well, so much easier at home. I can't deal with this. You know, I'm, I'm at home. Um, but yeah, as as opposed to the future, where I'm sure we'll keep the same head on us wherever we do go, or if we stay here, I'm, 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 mm. we're sort of easy at the minute. We're sort of easy riding. Um, we've been in Valencia what like f- five months now, six, yeah. maybe six months, five six months. Five months. But we haven't even we haven't even experienced it like because of obviously the times that we're in, haven't even experienced half of it. So uh, it'll be interesting to interesting to finally to finally get that viewpoint of it when when we return to some realm of normality in hopefully the near future. Do you reckon you'll be off, Ogni? Well, I mean, I've been living in New Zealand, New, Zealand, New York for, for a year. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in a similar sort of, uh, similar sort of vibe and like just going out to experience stuff. And I think, again, I don't know what the future holds and like the next two years will probably be quite intense, I imagine, from like a job perspective in America and that. But I'd, I'd love to do another country after that. Well, or you know, I could I could end up loving the Amer- like loving America and staying there for a friend this year. So I'd I'd love to do Japan as like all like Asia in general has always appealed to me. Yeah. Like backpacking or do you like the mega city? I'd like to live in it. I'd like to live in, like I'd love, like to live in Tokyo. 
I was going to say, he's over TEFL, that day. There's plenty of uh, English teaching jobs over there. 50 euro an hour, I got quoted before yeah, for teaching. Very, 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 very lucrative uh, teaching English over there. They're very big on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think my life's going to be American for, for, for the foreseeable, for at yeah, least. The American dream. Five years, yeah. American that frontierism. I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> better get out there. Don't get shot. Well, yeah, that's that is a <laughs> that's the one hit this. But like, like America amazed me itself. Like, I think I was I was talking to someone yesterday about um like Skid Row and like you talk about a class with like divide class. Like mm-hmm. that scares me to yeah, more. Huge, man, yeah. But like mm-hmm. at the same time, America's so big, and like I found this when I was there as well. The two summers that I spent there, it's it's so big and it's so diverse that. Like you always hear the worst of the worst or the best of the best, but 99% of the people are just all right. Like in the middle. Yeah. They're just all right. Like obviously you get some nutters, but you do everywhere. You get bad eggs everywhere you go. So the majority of people are just pretty sound and they are different, like very different uh, to us. Very, very, mm. not in a, any bad or a, a good or bad way. I'm not saying in that, just, just very different. Different live, gravy. Mm-hmm. They have very different personalities, very different mantra, very different look out, uh, outlook on life. Um, but yeah, man, I, th- I think I think you'll love it out there. I think it'd be, I think it'd be class. I'm excited to hear when you develop a new accent. So, okay. You have a, it's definitely not gonna happen. I'm not gonna have an American accent. <laughs> I think I can already hear it a little bit. Excited to see the <laughs> see you have a big big wooden desk, ugly gosh, and a gold plate, gold plated. <laughs> Go I don't know what you think. I'll be, I'll be going over there and living in a box, literally. <laughs> oh my gosh, heaven. <laughs> yeah, you say that now, I'm sure you'll be very successful. King, King of Brooklyn. <laughs> King of Brooklyn in your, in your, in your IG bio. <laughs> you're well up for it. Um, but mate, this has, been, this has been really fun. Is there anything else you want to sort of cover or anything that you had in mind to, to dive into? Uh, not specifically, like they're just like... Good. Yeah, just I just like we both just wanted to reiterate as well with like all obviously all the stories and all the things that we said. Like traveling is a very, it's a very different thing for every like not every. travelers inverted commas travelers <laughs> not travelers at all. Like, like I say, for the main part, I would call this like living. Like we decided to live this way, not travel anywhere. Um, but yeah, it's a very very personal thing. So don't take take what we say with a pinch of salt. Like this is just uh, us. Um, sort of feeding the feeding the imagination. We just wanted to have a little chat about it and see and see what what ideas flowed. But yeah, all of the ideas are are just a lot of shy. Yeah, personal, <laughs> personal experiences that personal experiences that that some people could literally just listen to and go, "I've lived in Spain for twenty five years and it's a load of bollocks," which is fair <laughs> enough. Well, I think I just think it's I think it's a refreshing take. Is obviously a lot of people. Like I think, like I think, like it's, it's touched on a lot of things that we talked about. But generally, I imagine, or at least I know, a lot of people who are sort of comfortable or don't want to take that risk. Not necessarily because they don't want to do it. It's more that, again, like I said, like the fear of the unknown, or yeah, yeah. it's not a done thing, or, or whatever. And it's like a thousand different reasons. Like you can you can sit there and make a list of why not to do something, right? And if it depends on what outlook you what outlook you have. Um, Mm. And I guess living in a different country is one of the biggest things you could do, right? For yeah, yeah. In my opinion, I know I've, I've only been here for a year, and obviously I'm hoping to do it for, for many more years. But like, even like moving to London for me, you know, London and Dala are two very different places. Right? 
Mm. You say like we were sort of spitballing ideas around before we before we started this, and uh, one of the things that sort of springs to mind was like you could literally live in the same gaff for your whole life, and like live with your we use the sort of metaphor of, like living with your head down. You could I could walk from my house in heaven to the metro to get to Newcastle and probably get to Weatherspoons in Newcastle all with my head down because I've done it many many times before, or yeah. like to St James Park or where, wherever. Like pick anything in Newcastle, you probably get there with your head down coming to a new place and putting yourself in in that situation and open up your boundaries and putting yourself in a in a maybe precarious maybe just a different situation maybe outside your comfort zone um lifts your head up you have to look up you have to think about stuff you have to you have to be aware of your surroundings and that in turn in essence makes it makes you appreciate it more when you live with your head up you just you just appreciate that stuff more you know I completely agree. I think I, 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 I'm a big advocate of it. I think, yeah, like, like, like if, if this is taught as anything, like life is pretty, uh, it's pretty short, right? And when you should be able to do things, mm-hmm. I'm getting quite deep on it. But I mean, like, my point being is like, you should be able to take advantage of the opportunities that you have. And, you know, I think like, I always, I always go back to the point where, like, I have wobbies about New York and I'm like, fuck me, I can't be asked to wait another 25,000 years to get out there. And then it's like a privileged position for me to be in to, to be able to do it like it's not an easy it's not an easy visa to get so no. i think that's that's the mentality that i have now anyway um and it's quite fun like, i'm quite excited to meet different people like even like working with americans for the last half a year or so like they're just different like like you said they're just different people like the, the amount of positivity that i've, re- that I've received in the last six months compared to to having a, a close-knit friends group friends with northerners is a it's yeah. pretty, pretty different um it's, a, it's like a, another thing that they said, sorry for still rambling on, um, another thing that they mentioned, the boys, last week, just in terms of like what you're saying there and, and what we're saying sort of now, if this is like the be all and end all was like living in Spain, you just set yourself up for like when you were talking last week about the journey and the destination and you have to enjoy the journey, you know? Yeah. That's like what we're on now, like and as opposed to you going, right, the be all and end all for me, the final destination is living in New York or making it in New York or whatever. And when you get to New York, what do you do? Like, is that the end of the journey or is it the start of a new one at that point? Like, I don't know. Like it's, you don't want to set yourself up for that, for that um, disappointment, I guess. So you have to enjoy the way that you're going. And like, that's the best thing in terms of the privilege that we all sort of have. Like if you're not enjoying it, pretty change it. Like we, like I, that sounds like a very stuck up thing to say, but I'm saying that from a privileged point of view. Like we are privileged enough to be able to say that if you're not happy, yeah. Since it's it's not use no use pursuing something that's not gonna make you that's not gonna make you happy in that way, that's not gonna challenge you. Um but some people are happy in comfort, uh, with with comfort and that's fine too. I'm not saying my way this way is right or or wrong. I'm just saying it's the way that we the that, that we decided the would be would fit us best right now, you know, and that's what it's all about. It's all about the present. What fits us best right now is to be here. Um, and who knows, that may change, may not, might move on, might not, you know. I think you summed it up perfectly. Yeah. Liked it. <laughs> you liked it. Cool. I'm excited to do this next week. Yeah. Uh, super. Um, it's been fun. We'll come up with some more topics that we it's can been real. debate. It's been yeah. real. It's, it's been, been fun. fun. But it hasn't been. <laughs> uh, Bye.